I'm Dr. Amy Robbins, and welcome to Life, Death, and the Space Between podcast. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and medium. I know it seems like a strange combination, but that gives me a unique view of life and death. Death can be scary. I get that. That's why I'm doing this. I want to help people explore life, death, and what it all means. We are born and we die. What we do in the middle is the space between. Today, I am joined by Lisa Jones. Lisa is the host of Exploring Death and has a unique perspective on death, as at the age of 37, she shared a death experience on the night that her husband died. She saw the other side, and it opened her eyes to a whole new world, and now wants to explore death from every facet. And I am excited today to welcome Lisa to the show. Welcome. Thanks, Amy. So we're going to start today. I want to hear more about kind of what happened to you, because the night your husband died, your life transformed in two ways. Big time. Yes, in two (laughs) Two, ways. Two major ways. So can you tell us a little about that? Yes. So the night my husband died, it was uh, February 22nd, 2004, and he had been sick for seven years. He had been battling lymphoma cancer, and he had had three stem cell transplants and multiple rounds of chemotherapy and radiation. And unfortunately, there was just nothing that could be done. And so on the 21st, we had called hospice in because I had been doing this all alone. He didn't want any help um, he, he never really admitted that he was going to die until just a couple days before he passed. And we had two young children. They were one and three when he was diagnosed and then eight and 10 when he died. And so not only was I raising our two young children, but caring for him as well. And um, so we called hospice in on the 21st and they came in and assessed him and they said, you know what? He actually looks pretty good. It probably is going to be two, maybe two or three weeks before he dies. And I was beside myself. It was the first time um, he had woken up that morning. He had wet the bed. He, he mm. could barely shuffle to the bathroom or to take care of himself as a shower. And, and I just thought, I can't, I, I can't do this. And fortunately for me, both his best friend and his brother arrived. And so that night, the children had gone to his mother's who lived in the same town as we did. And then his brother and, and best friend sat with him in the bed while I went to go sleep. I hadn't slept in 24 hours since he took this real nosedive. So just before I went to sleep, I, I had prayed to the angels, which I know we're going to talk about because that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> and the to angels. God. Yeah, the angels, the weird angels. Um, but I just was, I, I just prayed. I said, you know, dear God, dear angels, please be with me, be with Ian. There's no way out, you know, and, and I just, I need your help right now because I can't do this anymore. You know, I am just, I'm just done. And, um, and so the next thing I know, you know, obviously I went to sleep, but what it felt like to me is my soul left my body and went to, for lack of a better word, heaven. And all of a sudden I was just in this realm that was just pure love and light and, 
and just all of these souls were coming together and everything was gleaming. The lights, the, or the, the, the colors that were around me were so vibrant and so beyond anything I've seen in this lifetime. And there was this announcement that came through that said, the grand mystery in Sharp is about to arrive and trumpets were blaring and there were banners and just the, the excitement from all these souls that were gathering together was kind of almost a, it was like a, I felt like we were inside of a castle, but like in an entryway, like a giant entryway with an open seal or an open roof and everything. And so, um, so just at that moment, this giant door just started to open and you can kind of hear it just dragging across the ground, you know, and, and right then everybody started cheering and they're like, he's here, he's here. And my heart was bursting forward. And then it was knock, 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 Lisa, wake up, wake up. And it was his brother. And he said, you know, Ian just took his last breath. And so for me, what it felt like is just as he was coming in and I didn't get to see him, but I could just feel the anticipation of him walking through a trap door opened and my soul just fell back into my body just as his brother woke me up. And I, um, I just, I jumped out of bed. I didn't know what I was going to feel like. I hadn't lost, I had lost one grandparent when I was very young. And then all three of mine were still living at that point. So this was my first death experience at age 37. Mm. And I was so happy. I was beside myself with how much joy and excitement I felt for him. And partially because I was raised very religious and I thought he was going to go to hell because he hadn't been baptized. Of just believing everything that I was told in my life. And, um, so then that, that morning or, you know, that was like two or three o'clock in the morning. And then there was just a whole lot of things. They had to come and take his body and do all that. And meanwhile, I had to go tell my children that, you Mm. know, in that morning, which was the hardest thing I've ever had to do. Absolutely. And so as I was blow drying my hair, I was just trying to prepare myself and, um, you know, I was just like, what am I going to say? And all of a sudden, Ian's voice was in my ear as plain as day. And he just said, oh my God, Lisa, I love you, but it is so awesome here. And I think I dropped my blow dryer. I, just, <laughs> I was like, what is happening to me? What, who, like, how is this possible? But he started talking to me and, and he helped guide me and helped me to know what words to share with my children. And um, so I became a medium that night. I also became a millionaire because he worked for a large corporation and unbeknownst to me, he had a, an executive life insurance policy on his, um, on his behalf. And so um, that is how I attained the, <laughs> the, the name of the millionaire medium, right. which, um, which is a crazy thing. And I never thought that I would be either of these things, you know, as a young child. Well, and two hard things to step up and own. Absolutely. And, and in some ways, uh, well, they were both, they've been both extremely hard to own. And, and in fact, I, I, I didn't want anyone to know either of those things, you know, for many years, I, I kind of kept it all quiet. But then my, as I've been working with my, I, and, it, and it just sounds crazy because again, I'm a former CPA, okay? I worked for hedge funds. I worked for Pricewaterhouse. I worked for Ernst & Young. I worked in large, you know, 
just normal everyday right. places, right? Corporate America. Right. Corporate America fast. where, where this is just not the norm, you know? And, um, so, so it's been, it's like coming out of a closet to, to really own this. And, um, so anyway, but my guides quote unquote basically said, you need to own this. This is who you are. You're a millionaire, you're a medium. So time to own it and time to step up and, and show that people, you know, cause I think a lot of people, especially me, like, you know, angel readers or, um, any of this woo woo stuff. Like, I'm like, I don't want to deal with those people because they're, they're too woo woo. You know, mm-hmm. they're not normal quote unquote. And I talk about that in my book because I didn't want to be that person, but, but what I decided and what my guides have said is I just have to be me and that I'm that bridge between corporate America and consciousness, you know? So that's, that's what I'm doing. And you practice currently mediumship. Right. That is correct. Yes. So yes. what do you do now with it? And then I want to get into a bit about angels. So Right. Well, so now what I'm doing with my work is I'm really I'm almost more of a spiritual counselor with people and because when I channel it's much more um it's not so much about necessarily bringing through a passed away loved one which happens, but it's it's much more about bringing in this divine intelligence or this divine connection for people. It's opening a portal for people so that they can just really have these downloads of clear information from the divine to help them on their, on their path. And so that's how I help people now with my, with what I do. So let's talk a bit about angels because I'm not a religious person at all. (laughs) When I've heard, you know, I've been kind of playing in this world for a while. And when I hear people talk about angels or archangels, I sort of, it, it, I, I sort of am like, oh, I'm not so sure what this is all about. So can you help me and my listeners maybe open up a little bit more to this concept of angels? I mean, I think about like Michael Angelo's, you know, paintings with all the little cherubs. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, I can totally understand why you feel that way because I felt the exact same way. And in fact, it was about a week after my husband was diagnosed in 1997, I went for a massage. And as I was laying on the table, I started crying and the woman said, oh, you know, what's wrong? And I said, well, my husband's just been diagnosed with cancer. And she's like, oh, well, have you talked to your angels about this? And I just, in my mind, went, oh my God, stop touching me and let me out of the room, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that was my thought because I'm like, who's this crazy lady talking about angels? And, but instead I was being the good girl and I just, I just sucked it up and just said, oh no, I, I haven't. And she's like, oh, well, I talked to my angels about everything. And, and especially when something like that, you know, is, is so big in your life, you can ask them for help. And she said, but I ask them for angel or for parking spaces. And if I'm speeding, I'll have them cloak my car so I don't get caught. And, and I'm like, I'm like, hold up. Tell me about those parking spaces because we lived in this little tiny town of Ridgefield, Connecticut, where you could never get a parking spot. And especially when you have a one and a three-year-old and you're hauling them in and out of the car. I was beside myself trying to just get groceries and, you know, just get run errands in town. So she said, oh yeah, ask your angels for parking spots and, you know, it'll, you'll just be amazed. They always, you know, front row parking all the time. Why parking spots? Did she elaborate? Like that seems like a little beneath them, I would think. 
Well, that's the funny part. And that's the part that got me hooked because it seems so mundane. And yet that's what happened. I started asking for parking spots and I started getting front row parking spots in front of Ace Hardware, in front of the grocery store, in front of, you know, wherever I had to take my children. And something in me shifted because then I'm like, oh my gosh, this is this is working. And so that, and that's how I feel my whole, this whole situation has unfolded for me is it's been breadcrumbs. And, mm-hmm. and every time that, um, you know, a new breadcrumb would show up, it was a decision point as to like, okay, am I going to keep following this or just completely negate it and, and turn it away? But when she started, you know, when she mentioned this, the angel or the parking spots, um, that was my gateway, you know, into, it's, you know, I feel like saying it's my gateway drug to the angels. I don't know. (laughs) But But how do you, how do you differentiate angels from loved ones who have passed from spirit guides? Right. Great question. So for me, and, and now it's a little more technical because now when I actually channel, I can vibrationally tell when I'm channeling a passed away loved one versus an angel because there's this frequency, which is something I've found. I've just had to learn through experience that, Mm. that you kind of feel the difference between, um, between the vibrations. And I know it sounds a little crazy, but it's almost like, it's almost like listening to a radio, right? And you're tuning it in. And so some of them are, are higher on the dial and some of them are lower on the dial. And so that's how it feels to me when I bring through the different entities. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you don't see little cherubs. Nope. I have not seen them. And the funny thing is I had another story when I was uh, doing angel readings um, out of my home, one of my clients came over and I opened the channel and all of a sudden she said, oh my gosh, there's angels everywhere. And I'm looking around the room going, what do you mean there's angels everywhere? And she said, I can see them in the room. And so she described to me all these different angels and and yet then I would channel the angels and she could tell me which one was talking to her. And it was at the end of the session, I'm like, I think I owe you money at this point because... (laughs) She really helped me understand. So people have different ways of connecting with spirits. Some can hear, some can see, some, you know, have auditory or, I mean, I'm sorry, with olfactory skills where you can actually smell. Sometimes maybe a passed away loved one that smoked, all of a sudden you're smelling smoke and, you know, there's no smoke around. So it's just a matter of how different people can interact with um with the other side. And I, and again, I'm not a visual person. So even during my meditations, I don't see visuals, visions. Mm. I just have a knowingness of, of whatever's happening in my, in my quote unquote visions. So in addition to parking spots, are there different things like you would ask your angel to help you with versus your husband or your guides Right. Well, for me, the way I would attribute this, to me, I ask angels for everything. There's angels that are out there to help, even putting a necklace on in the morning. Sometimes I'll just be like, you know, I'll be struggling with it. And I'm like, oh, angels, can you help me? Boom. It's on instantly. So to me, angels are like the helpers and there's angels for everything and they can't help you unless you ask. And that's kind of the secret to the whole thing is that unless... and. They're, te- they're reminding me, except unless you're in a dire situation where it's not your time to exit, then sometimes an angel will swoop in and save you, um, you know, 
which is kind of above and beyond their call of duty. But really the whole idea is that in order to get help, you have to ask the angels. So versus when I talk to my husband or my mom, it's much more of a personal conversation. I mean, just like you'd have with, you know, with your your friend or your spouse who's currently living, I mean, you just talk to him that way. And, and, and yet, um, you know, my husband just told me recently, he said, I'm going to help uh, the Clemson Tigers win the national championship. My son just graduated from Clemson and he was going to the game. And so I just was like, okay, whatever. Like it just was this notion that came into my head or this thought. And I thought, okay, well, let's see what happens. Well, sure enough, they ended up winning 44 to, I don't even remember what the <clears throat> other t- score was, but my husband was 44 years old when he died. He died on 222, which obviously is, you know, multiplied is 44. And it was the year 2004. So for me, it was just this overwhelming sense of like, oh my God, you actually did because they weren't supposed to win. So it was amazing. And my son was so excited because. (laughs) And what is the significance of, I know there's certain significance to you, but there's also significance to the 444. I have this 444 thing going on all over the place for me. So what is the significance of it? Well, once again, I think everybody has their own definition to whatever they want it to mean. And for me, 444 is, you know, definitely a connection with my husband. And anytime there's multiple numbers, you know, to me, that's a, those are spirit numbers that are coming to you for attention, for you to wake up and to notice like, oh, what's happening right now? Like if you see 111 or, you know, 222, any of those things. And um, for me specifically, the 444 is all about family. It's um, it's a real uh, like cornerstone. We had a family of four, you know, again, mm-hmm. my husband died at 44. There's just, it's all about family to me. And um so that's what it is. But what's your what's your definition for four four four? Well, I I feel like you know, really since I started digging into this work more and starting my podcast, I keep seeing it because I often ask like, can I just get a reminder or can you just show me and make sure that I'm continuing on the right path? So I ask a lot for that. But with a friend of mine that I'm working on some some stuff with like we're working kind of parallel it shows up like I was at her house and she was one of the first people I recorded my podcast with and we looked over at her coffee maker and it said 444 and it was 10 in the morning wow yeah the other day I had this past life regression and or between life regression and afterwards they said you know the the person who did it said to me, just pay attention to see if you have any experiences with, you know, anything after things might come to you. And I was sitting in my bathroom and my son looked at the like little clock on the wall. It's like a heat for the heating. And it said it was, it was not 444. It was 415. And he said, mom, look, it's 444. And then this was the crazy. So those two were fine. But then we went bowling as a family on Saturday night. So when you said about family and the guy came and the guy who sat down at the lane next to us was wearing a Jay-Z 444 sweatshirt. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
Well, those are for sure your breadcrumbs, Annie. <laughs> I know. And I was like, I, I asked him, I'm like, can I take a picture of you? And my daughter was like, mom, you are so weird. Um, that is great. But is great. I, you know, I use it as just sort of like them just showing me that they're here. Absolutely. Yeah. Confirmation. I mean, and that's, and that's the, that's the exciting part to me, Amy, is that when you open up to this other realm, it is spectacular. I mean, I say before my life, you know, before my husband died, I felt like I lived in just this, just, you know, 3D life where I had a black and white television with three channels and, you know, it was just very mundane. Everything was very normal. And now after this experience and when I've opened up and I continue, I mean, I am like in an IMAX theater, you know, it's like 5D, it's like multi, you know, Mm -hmm. infinite colors and sounds and expressions and things that you just can't make up. I mean, it happens all the time. Miracles are happening everywhere. And it's, if you're aware of them, it's spectacular. When you're not aware, it's just plain old, you know, Black and right. white TV. Ants marching. Yeah. And I yeah. love when that stuff happens because it is, it really like, it's just fun. It's like playing a game of life, right? It's like you're, there's this back and forth. Talk to me. I'll talk to you. Let's, let's see what you can do for me. Give me a That's parking right. spot, right? <laughs> well, and that I think is kind of one of the fun parts is by starting at such just a mundane level, you know, with a parking spot or helping you put your necklace on or helping you find something. Oh my gosh, if I lose anything, I'm just like, okay, angels, help me find it. And boom, like it just a, po- a thought pops into my head and I'm like, oh, there it is, you know? So that's how easy you can incorporate these. And, and again, you don't even have to call them angels. I know some people have a real just ick factor when it comes mm-hmm. to the idea of angels or whatever. You can say my guides, my, you know, and, and frankly, sometimes well, I just like, say my peeps. There you go. My <laughs> peeps, my, you know, because again, guy, there's so many blah, nuances around all of this kind of new agey kind of stuff. So I would love for there to be a language that is more you know, normal per se. Mm-hmm. But, so, so the way to make it normal is to find words that work for you because, um, because even like spirit guides versus angels versus I'll be the first one to tell you, I have no idea. I don't know exactly how this all works and <clears throat> what the hierarchy is and the protocol and all of that. But I will tell you that by just opening it up and being, being open to the idea of, talking to this other world, like it is fun. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, I don't want anybody stealing my grocery store parking spot. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But I do, I do something similar. I always thought it was like parking karma. I always used to say I have good parking karma. Um, Well, there you go. Because it was the same thing. I'd be like, okay, I need a spot, but I never realized that I was probably calling on yeah, you were tapping into the universe, so something bigger than you, and mm-hmm. that's so maybe that's it. You know, again, l- the label of angels. It it was familiar to me, and and so that's what made it okay for me. Even though, I mean, I was raised Lutheran. It's not like we had a bunch of angels in our in our liturgy and all that kind of stuff. But um, the more I've gotten into this, the bigger I see this whole experience is. So it's there's an infinite number of names and words that you can use. And again, it's about making yourself comfortable. Well, and you can ask for help for anything, but I think people sometimes get hooked 
into, well, they're not helping me the way I wanted them to. Right. Right. And it doesn't necessarily work like that either. Right. No. And I think that's, that's the other thing is that really the pain comes in when you are, um, when you want it to turn out to be a certain way. I mean, that, that to me is just, just a recipe for agony in our life, you know, and that's where by being in the moment and allowing things to unfold the way they unfold and then dealing with the consequences, whatever that is, whatever your emotions are, whatever you're feeling about it, rather than, you know, gripping and, and just trying to make it some, something that, um, that it might not be. And so sometimes when you, when you're praying, like, for example, I mean, I prayed so many times for my husband not to die, but you know what? it's one of the best things that ever happened to me in retrospect. It was awful at the time. Of course, I wish he was still here, but he's not. I can't change it. And so all I can do is embrace it and learn um, or, you know, like embrace what I've learned about it. And I mean, my life is just, it's this magical world. And I know that eventually we'll be back together. So, you know, and he's still with me now. So he's not even not with me. He's still with me, but just in a different form. Right, right. So- you're going to do something fun for me today. Yes. Can you explain to my listeners what this sure. is? Yes. I'm going to pull three cards from my soul coaching deck of cards. And um, they're kind of, they're, they're considered oracle cards. And what they are for me is kind of a shortcut to giving information to people so that, um, because with my with the way that I work with spirit, it's not always on, you know, I, I, if I'm working one-on-one with somebody, I'll, I'll do a whole, um, you know, intro and call in all the angels and ground myself and ground them and, you know, all of this stuff. So if I want to just do a real kind of quick and dirty, uh, connection, I pull out my cards because we've worked, I've worked with these for probably 12 years or so. And it's just a real, easy entrance to connect to spirit. And then I get to tell you what, what comes up. Okay. Okay. So let me do do a quick shuffle. Okay. Is there anything specifically you want to know about Amy or, or, uh, um, no, let's just see what, what comes up. Okay. Sounds good. And the way it works is I always pull three cards and the first card is the blockage card. The second card is the action card. And the third card is the outcome card. So the first card, which is the action, or sorry, is the um, blockage, is purification. And so what I'm getting about that is, um, so I don't know if there's, you know, it's like letting go of everything that's not serving you anymore. So whether that's clutter in your life, or maybe there's some things that you're doing that's just not serving your, you know, your current passions, you know, it's time to let that go. That's what's keeping you blocked from moving forward. Mm. So, oh my gosh, love it. The second card is focus. So this is your action card. So the idea about that, once again, is you need to focus on it, what it is you really want. And by, by you focusing on that, you're going to see what can fall away and what you can purify and what you can let go of. And then the outcome card is energy. So when you really start focusing on that, your energy is just going to start expanding and growing. And, and what I'm being told is that your influence over others will continue to broaden. So I, I feel like this is about the podcast specifically, that it'll just keep you know, getting bigger and bigger because you are definitely on the forefront of this death positivity movement and helping people from the uh, quote unquote, well, you know, kind of corporate world like open their mind to this and be, be able to, um, 
to really embrace this other side, which our whole society is is coming into this awakening. And, and so you're at the forefront, one of the leaders of that. So. so what's so interesting, I wanted to know about career stuff, but I didn't ask that, right? We didn't talk beforehand <laughs> about this. No, we did not. And I mean, that was so dead on. Like there's, there's a lot. I, I work in a lot with a lot of volunteer organizations. And so I felt particularly today is interesting because I've had a ton of podcast stuff, which I love doing, but I have all this other stuff kind of looming in the background that I know I need to do. And so I'm like, oh God, I gotta like figure out a way to take some of that off my plate so I can focus more on the podcasting and on the growing what I'm doing here. So that was, that was pretty dead on. Wow. That's Thank fantastic. You. Yeah. That You're was so awesome. welcome. Thanks. I know. I, I, in fact, this was how I got my first stage show is I was invited to attend, um, Gabrielle Bernstein. I don't know if you're familiar with her work, uh-huh. mm-hmm. but she was doing a live show at the Ridgefield Playhouse in, in Connecticut, which is where I was living at the time. So I was, I had just started my, my business and, and, the director of the playhouse said, why don't you come and sponsor at or Gabby and, and then, you know, you can have a table and do whatever you want to do. And so I was like, okay. So I went and I did this three card reading for people just in the lobby and people, I mean, in literally like 30 seconds to a minute, I mean, people like they were crying, walking away, like, oh my God, oh my God. So, and Gabby's sitting there trying to sell her book next to me. And there was like three or four people in that line. And I had a line of 30 people. <laughs> so anyway, the, the playhouse director then said, well, do you want your own show? And I'm like, okay. And it was just, it was such an amazing that was as soon as I as soon as I quit the hedge fund and started doing this work, things just started to unfold, and mm-hmm. that was that was one of the first things that happened. So, what are three or two or one? What would you say the biggest takeaway from all of this is? Well, I think first and foremost is just to not to fear death. I mean, you know, we we are our society is so. Um, uh, squeamish about talking about death and dealing with death. And in fact, a whole industry has been created so that we don't have to touch death or be around it. You know, as soon as somebody dies in the hospital, they're whisked away and taken to wherever. And, and, you know, next thing you know, you're either getting the ashes or, you know, going to the, the, um, cemetery. But I think by, by connecting with angels and, and knowing that there's this other side, you know, it helps alleviate the whole idea of, of death mm-hmm. and that, and that we are like, truly, this is an illusion that we're living in. I mean, the more that I do this work, the more that I realize, wow, this is, this is no different than our sleeping dreams, but it's more in a physical world, you know, mm-hmm. it's a world where we get to touch people and feel things and move things and build things. And so how fun is it if you can just realize that it's an illusion and just go big, you know, go, go follow that dream you want to, because you know, eventually it's going to end and you'll go to the other side and it's all good. And, and so, and so that's it. And then that, um, connecting to your angels is, um, it's available to everyone. You know, it's, um, some people call it like a gift. I, I know everybody has this ability to connect with the other side and, and it's just a matter of how much you desire and how much you, you want to do it and, and learn about it. And, you know, like I say, it's like p- learning to play the piano. Some people can just sit down at a piano and start playing. Other people need to take lessons, you know, mm-hmm. and, and just the more you practice, the easier it becomes. And don't 
doubt it, I think, right. too, right? Like when it comes, right. just kind of go with it. Okay. That's right. <laughs> Enjoy and play it. with it, right? Yeah. Right. And don't be afraid of it. I think that's another thing. I, I, I know so many people that are afraid. And to know that you can just, if you're afraid of the evil part, then don't go there. Like, that's the thing. I, I'm always working in, in the realm of love. Mm-hmm. And when the realm of love and light are around, darkness can't, can't enter. You know, so I, I've left all those dark thoughts or, you know, scary ideas at the door. Leave those to the movies and the the rest of whatever society wants to think about it. I just, I dwell in the, in the love and the light. And if any of my listeners want to reach out to you, where can they find you? Yeah, they can uh, go to my website, which is millionairemedium.com. And it'll, and- this will all be in my show notes too, but I just like people to... Fabulous. Yeah. And then you could check out my podcast called Exploring Death and that's on iTunes and all the different stations that you can find podcasts on. And um, yeah. Great. And we did a podcast swap. So I'm going to be on your podcast as well. So we'll cross promote that so people can hear because we had very different, our podcasts were very different. Yes, they were totally different, which I love. (laughs) I feel like you and I could have a weekly podcast and never run out of things to talk about. We totally could. It would be, (laughs) that would be fun. That would be, that would be. Well, Well, thank thank you. you. Thank you so much for today and and go enjoy the rest of your day. Lisa's in Hawaii and I'm a little bit envious of that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, living in Maui is certainly heaven on earth. That's for sure. (laughs) Well, thank you and have a great day. Like what you heard today and want to hear more? Curious about what comes next and what it all means? You can subscribe on iTunes. Just go to podcasts and find life, death, and the space between and hit subscribe. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Amy Robbins. Ask me any questions you might have. Let me know what else you'd love to hear about or just share your story. I can't wait to hear from you.